I know our job is to hold the mirror up to society, but I've been avoiding mirrors of late because it's got so goddamn ugly. Remember when Cersei Lannister was absurd hyperbole, but now she seems quite tame and her naked walk of shame being pelted with human poo is just what we daily do on Twitter. Tell me, how do you make great art when reality has jumped a shark? Let's raise the rafters. It's the 2020 bafters. No one's stronger than an artist in a crisis. Comes hell or high water, pandemic or disorder. We will stand up to give each other prizes. Talking about Dumbo motherfuckers. <laughs> no, honestly, I genuinely needed to get that off my chest as well. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you just need someone to make you laugh about it because, I mean, the guy is actually doing shit just to be a dick. You know, he's not even doing it for a correct reason. It's not like you went out and you threatened his life. You know what I mean? He's just a little bitch. Yep. Okay, right. The recording's ready to so we- go. Can't say on the air that he has small penis issues. <laughs> I'll give you thirty seconds just to get everything out. <laughs> I got that's the last one. Are you sure that's the last one? I'm positive. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you're sure. I, I'm sure. <laughs> the fact that you can't stop laughing at it doesn't help. Oh boy. Oh, good. Okay, so uh, like I said um, during the week, what we'll do is we'll do it, we'll do the little facts bit at the start, and then we'll go into um, episode one, talk everything about episode one, then episode two, then three, and then four, and then we'll say what we think of the first half of the season, and then we'll start promoting the second half of the season coming somewhere. Coming soon. To a podcast near you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, one thing I am going to do, I am going to get those facts up because I've genuinely forgotten them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I actually took some notes on some things. But it's actually, the show is funny in a sense of like, and we can talk about this on air, but it was just, it was funny in the sense is they always make you think this guy is like a drug addict and they think you think, and this guy just genuinely has fucking problems, you know, but like, the girl's just like, oh, you know, what about the when she kissed that little kid and the woman goes, he molested. How'd she molest him? She didn't like grab him. <laughs> like, literally kissed him. I love that bit. The, I know. The, I, I the thought he was going to. That scene, though, the thing about that scene is that when Meg kisses the boy and then the boy just starts crying and makes up. I know. I'm just sitting there. I'm going, that little dude. It's like, it's like, he must, that little boy must be gay. <laughs> 
And then the fact that towards the end of that episode, fucking um, Lucky finds out how old Meg actually is. And he's like, fuck, I'm going to get done for being a pedophile. I know. It, it was like, that. that's where, that's what I was like upset about. Because when he wakes up the next day, because he goes and sleeps in the middle of the freaking, you know, desert, wakes up the next day and there, he, she's gone and there's like smoke all around. It's like, where the fuck did she go? You know? <clears throat> Oh, just that scene alone is just funny. The fact that he, you know, he sees that letter, thinks that she's gone to kill herself, goes running across her and she's like, I'm not killing myself, you dickhead. There you go. That, <clears throat> that was a, like a letter from her brother. Yeah, it was just like, that. that's the thing. The first half of that of the season is absolutely fucking crazy. Yeah, so... The other thing today is that my mentor is turning, a, he's a hundred years old today. This is the guy. Here we go. I've had to open my window because it's really hot in here and it's pissing it down in the UK right now. <laughs> oh, that sucks. It's raining here, so it's kind of cooled down. How the fuck does that work? <laughs> I know. We must have sent it to you. You assholes. I know. <laughs> we can go fuck ourselves. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, right. Gonna do the intro. I'm sweating like a fucking porn star again, for fuck's sake. Dude, I think you just want to do porn. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I think subconsciously, you want to be a porn star. But they say you have to name yourself after your first pet and your last name is the first street you lived on. Yeah, that's not happening. What would your name be? I just, I'm curious. Oh, now you fucking got it started. <laughs> and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Reckless Comedy Podcast. Today is one we've been really looking forward to doing. Uh, today, my co host is the brilliant Ashley North, joining us hey. from the US. <laughs> and um, I'm always here in the US, but you know, I'm here. <laughs> Well, normally you're in a different part of the US, depending on what's the situation. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, you know, feeding cows. And other times I'm in New York telling people to go, you know, shut the fuck up. You know, so it just depends. Sometimes I have to go to church too and like pray for forgiveness because stupid Bible belt being from it, feeling guilty about shit. There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. So um, today we are, as you might have seen on our social media recently, we are doing, technically, this episode is going to be split into two halves due to a couple of fuck-ups. The first thing is, of course, we are reviewing uh, the recently released into the US TV show Upright. Now, in this episode, we're going to be reviewing the first four episodes, so the first half of the season, and then maybe, in, well, obviously, in a later review, we will do the second half of the season. Uh, don't blame us. Uh, blame Sundance. Sundance, they kind of suck because, you know, I got all into this show and I was really excited about it. And then I look over and like the fourth episode was done and it went back to one. And I'm like, what? So like it left me into this really upsetting conundrum of trying to find out like what the other half of the show is about because I was really into the first four episodes. 
exactly. So um, before we go into talking about each episode of the first half, of course, we have to give you, yes, we did do a little bit of research. Well, I did. <laughs> I, I, I do research. I read sometimes. And sometimes. Other times. Yeah, I do. I, I, I keep up on my daily news, make sure I don't get rained on, you know. Now, you know, I, I, ha I did not realize, though, a show that my better half had worked on. Actually, one of the star of the show had actually worked on. So we had something in common. Um, the person in my house, um, Tim Min mentioned that had worked on California Californication. And I and Frank was on the crew of Californication, so I think it's kind of a cool deal. And <clears throat> you know, whatever. Yeah. So um, let's go through some of the facts. Obviously, uh, behind the scenes, we did uh, we we managed to get about 10, 10 facts, and obviously, me and Ashley have split them down the middle. So um, yeah. yeah, let's kick off with the first one. So um, obviously, as we mentioned, uh, Tim Minchin who plays Lucky Flynn. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, he's known for the following. Uh, he portrayed Judas Iscariot in the UK and Australian arena tour, Jesus Christ Superstar, where he did win the What's On Stage Award for Best Supporting Actor in a Musical. Um, he, I mean, what I liked really about him is, is his songwriting abilities, and he also did was the exe executive producer and produced on this sh current show as well. And you know, I, you know, <clears throat> I was really surprised by his talent. Again, you know, he's been in a few things here in the United States, but he's mostly, you know, in the UK and the Australian world. So it was really fun to be exposed to someone different that had so many different types of talent exactly and um obviously of course uh tim also wrote the musical uh, the musics for the musicals matilda and groundhog day yes that i actually didn't know um i knew that because i knew someone that had actually worked in on matilda on broadway here in the united states in new york right now that is not here and he also is coming out with a new album on november 20th <clears throat> called Apart Together. Apart Together. So uh, you can pre-order that now um, on Tim mentioned Apart Together. We, and I'm sure that, I mean, and I'm sure that he would have this available on iTunes or app, you know, iTunes store, Apple Music. And I guess I would, I was going to say Amazon, but I guess he just does not like Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, uh, recently, uh, Tim did actually release uh, the title song, from Apart Together, ironically called Apart Together, I've listened to it. I quite enjoy it. I mean, I, I haven't personally listened to the debut album, but I was listening to some of the things he had written for this show, and I really, I, I really was quite impressed. And my background is music, so it's, it's kind of a cool thing um, <clears throat> that he, he actually is able to share some of his talents throughout the series as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else? Yeah, here we go. He also, uh, in his 18-year career, as of 2020, he's won uh, a couple of awards. First one, obviously, was um, the Best Supporting Actor. Uh, the other one is uh, Best New Musical at the Olivier Awards in 2012. Uh, 
Uh, this was for Matilda. He then also won a Best Original Score at the Help Man Awards in 2016, also for Matilda. And over the years, he's won 11 comedy awards. Uh, these mainly include uh, awards for his comedy shows, which are ready for this. Tim Minchin versus the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. Uh, Tim Minchin versus the orchestras. And then Tim Minchin back. Well, right now, currently, as I see in his last Twitter post, he goes, I need your help. I need a piano. I'm going to strip it, draw, write on it, film the process on for my next single, then auction the piano for an arts charity. It has to sound pretty good and cost less than $3,000 and not be an antique. Interesting. And I think, I think when he does do that, I think... I reckon I know quite a lot of people who would genuinely want to buy that piano. Yes, I mean I, I think a lot of people would just for the simple factor it's his, and you know it's kind of funny because it. Well, think about being the person who sells the piano. They formerly played the piano that he stripped and drawled on. So I mean that'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's the first fact. Um, the next one is actually one of Ashley's, I think. Yes, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, yeah, one of my facts here. Let me, let me pull my facts back up here because I am just not right today. I had a, I had a, um, you know, I, I've just, um, hold on, just give me two seconds here. Thank God for editing. Um. I had all of this stuff put together for the show itself. Um, give me two seconds here so I can, I can follow what you have yeah. here. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed working and uh, not working. I, I, this is something I'm used to saying. Um, I, I enjoyed watching Tim mention because like he really, um, to me, he, he's a, not in the talent, a talent like we usually have in America that are usually, they all look the same and they all have the same premise to them. You know, he, he was something that was kind of unique, more unique than what we have. And, and this show actually brought a, a different, um, light to, again, than what I'm used to, um, than what I'm used to uh, television. Exactly, like um, one of the things I will say about Tim is I think he's one of the only people who have genuinely had the balls to write a song, perform it in front of people, which is pretty much just him going like this to the Pope. Fuck the motherfucker, fuck the motherfucker. Like yeah. not many people will genuinely do that, will genuinely say to the Pope, hey Pope, I made the song. Fuck the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and that and with, um, what I saw here with the Upright series is that he, um, you know, it was funny that he was always, he was always rebellious, but at the same time, uh, he was very, um, you know, he showed a softer side of himself so that we were able to see a different side of him 
versus just being the rebel spirit all the time. And Millie Alcock was really funny too, because she actually, um, she was the rebel through this whole thing. You know, that's what the, the whole premise is that you always think it's going to be him and it's actually her, you know, she put on an amazing performance. Yeah, definitely. One thing I will say, though, uh, big shout out to Millie Alcock for um, liking the um, Instagram post. Millie, she actually acknowledged us. So we're really excited that she did. And, you know, we're really going to follow more of her work now. And she should come on the show because that's that's her next step for us. (laughs) Yeah. As, as I said to Ashley um, off air, as soon as I saw that Millie had liked this post, I genuinely was starting to geek out a little bit. I was like, oh my God, she liked it. I, I looked up. I mean, she literally actually liked it immediately um, after after I posted it. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, she also, um, I know that she's one of the top, 5,000 in IMDb. So I, I see that there's a really great future. She was in Reckoning, uh, furlough, furlough Reckoning and Upright. And um, I looks like she has a, a good road to a long career. Definitely. And um, as you say, like her character Meg, Rebel is probably an understatement. Her character is fucking crazy. No, she is batshit's crazy. Like, it, it was like every time that you would think that she, um, like, oh, she's the little kid that is going to be okay, but she's not, she's not too rebellious. Then she would do something absolutely nuts. Like, you know, and it made you think that, you know, what is she going to, she was the psycho through this whole thing. But you know, I still wonder as we'll get into this, as the podcast continues that I, I just still want to know whose car, <laughs> that's, it, right? that's all I want to know. Whose yeah. car is it? Stupid Sundance. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> technically, we must um, correct yourself because technically it's not a car, it's a ute, but. It, who's, who's ute? I've never even heard of it called a ute. I mean, to me, that would be a truck. Why is it called a ute? I think that's just what Australians call it. To other people, like to Americans, it would be known as a pickup truck. To us, it would probably just be a flat load uh, truck or something. But like, what if a flat load truck would actually be like a flatbed truck? I think that's what it's supposed to be, I think. But it's not a flatbed truck because a flatbed truck doesn't have the sides. It's just the it's just like a mini truck. I'm not gonna lie, that that Ute goes through a lot of fucking shit during this series. No, I know it does. It's just like every time that you see it, it's just like it's going through some other abuse. So I mean there were several parts of this show that really cracked me up though. And I mean and and her always breaking things and starting fights really blew my mind. It was because she's so young, you would think, oh, no, she's not going to do it. And next thing you know, they're always running because of her. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely get into that as we go through this episode. So everyone, make sure you uh, stay tuned because, of course, you'll hear how crazy Meg can get. Saying that, right, this is the thing I don't understand. Lucky's character has a second name, Flynn. 
we never find out what Meg's second name is. No, I, you know what? I thought she said a last name at some point because of, of her brother. Because when there was one episode where they were stopped by the cops. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, because she said the brother's last name and it has to be hers. Of course, there is a big revelation in um, episode four regarding Meg. Yes. We will and get into that. That's an interesting revelation. No, completely agreed. Um, so I think we should get started. I mean, I think the episode one was really funny because that's when they met and and he basically she basically crashed into him is for for my understanding and he was carrying the piano and at the yeah. it takes a minute to realize i mean at first i literally thought the piano was stolen because of the way they put it out there at first you don't think that it actually belongs to to him by any chance like you actually think that the piano is stolen or that he's trying to get it to some guy before some guy actually like, you know, you, you would think it's almost a mob situation to where he's taking it to some gangster. Because that's the way that they put it out there at first. Yeah. What we'll, what I'm going to do is, um, as we go through each episode, I will just uh, read the little description that comes with um, each episode so people can sort of get the idea of the premise. Um, yeah. So episode one, um, the description is as follows. Tim Minchin stars as a as self-destructive musician, Lucky, who packs his piano for a 4,000-mile road trip when he hears his mother is dying. Well, I mean, but, you know, without reading that, the first episode, you would never really know that his mother's dying. You know what I mean? Like, the way that they actually open the show, they open the show like he's talking to some kind of bad guy, and the bad guy, like, literally is telling him to get this here and now kind of thing. Exactly. So you, you never think that you're actually speaking to, you know, you never think that he's actually speaking to someone about his mom. And that you learn that he's actually trying to deal with his mom as he, uh, as he proceeds. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's something, you know, and then, once, you know, once he meets her, he's literally, and her being Meg, is that, yeah, because, you know, it's funny, even on, as you say that, they don't even give her last name on Wikipedia. Yeah, that, like, that's the thing, like, but one thing I will say, when Meg and Lucky first come together, Lucky just goes over there not knowing what the fuck's just happened. And she's over there calling him a fucking fuckwad and everything. Well, and then, and then she realizes that she injures herself. Yeah, Lucky's just there like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I know. And then he takes her to the hospital. And, and you know, so he doesn't eat. And then they think that he's her dad. Yeah, and he's like, look, I am not lying to anyone about this. And she's like, if you don't play along, I'll tell everyone you're a pedophile. Oh, I know. And they, I mean, it, it, we'll get into that much later that, you know, he'll get freaked out by that. But like, um, 
he actually though it's funny that then he then he's like gets a drink and then he's gonna like escape into the middle of the night and then when she comes back he comes back for when she gets up from the hospital realizes that she can leave you know they fix her and she can leave he's already escaped with some of her money and then all of a sudden he comes back yeah, the first time I watched that, I was like, when you see him driving off, he's up, you're like, no, he's not going to leave her, surely. He's not going to leave her, and then he comes back. And it's like, if you wanted to get rid of her, why come back? I, ne that, I never understood that. Like, when I watched the first episode, I didn't understand that. Because it's like, dude, if you wanted to be gone, you have the truck and you're gone. Like, you don't have to look back, you know? Yeah. And... And then, you know, then he starts having, you know, and then later on too, he starts having all these flashback moments, you know? I will talk about those flashbacks. I think those flashbacks, if they weren't there, the series probably wouldn't be as good because those flashbacks genuinely help push the story along. Well, the flashbacks kind of tell you where his head's at too, but what you don't understand or, or what I didn't understand in the first four episodes anyway, is he actually addicted to drugs? Is he just like a complete failure or does he have mental issues? I think it's, I think definitely in episode two, which we'll get on to in a second, is I think with episode two, we start to see what Lucky, like you say, what Lucky's headspace is. Yeah, because it's, because that's when he, because he lost his medication in the first episode and it, it landed at the doctor, at the hospital as they were leaving. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll just say that whole setup of them being at the hospital is funny, especially, I think for me, my highlight moment in that is where I think the doctor is taking them to a room and mm -hmm. they're walking down the corridor and Meg's, you know, saying, oh, I've told him I'm your dad. And Lucky just goes, what? And the nurse just turns around and they, they start talking about this acne poster. Mm -hmm. I, think, I know. I think as well, you know, um, when uh, Meg says, oh, I'm going to Perth too. And Lucky's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're a nightmare. <laughs> like that. <coughs> Excuse me, yeah. I mean, the fact that Lucky genuinely doesn't want to be near this girl, the fact that she's blackmailing him. She's blackmailing him, but, you know, like, what was she doing on the road in that car in the first place? You know what I mean? It never, it never lets you, it's not like, you think she's older, like, when you first start watching this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's episode one. Let's move on to um, episode two. The description is, having lost his anxiety pills, Lucky is in a hurry to see a doctor, but Meg has other ideas. So he basically realizes that he loses his medication and then they, um, you know, so they have to find a doctor to help him. And... <clears throat> when they go in there, they do think she's his daughter and they think that he's abusing her. Yeah, a special line that shows that is, um, I think when they're sat in a bar and the doctor says, how do, it, how, how do you know you're not doing something to that girl? And he's like, ha, she's indestructible, dude, like that. 
Yeah, I mean, he was basically like in a sense of, but the doctor doesn't realize when he was in with Meg by himself that she stole a prescription, a, one of this prescription things off of his prescription pad. Yeah. So like, you know, he, that, and they wrote, what was, it wasn't Dickhead. I think, was it Dickwad or something? They called no, him Dr. Um, it was Dick Cheese. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> so like the guy finally spills something or that one of the kids are playing around and he spills something and then he realizes that they stole off his prescription pad so he's starting to run she's playing pool in the other room with the, with the doctor's daughter and then all of a sudden there's these bikers that are wanting to fight this guy and and we also left a whole part out of that, that we have to come back to the bikers. Um, yeah, that's an interesting element. That is funny. So, well, let's go to that now. Actually, it's funny. Like, he hears them playing the piano that's in the back of the ute. ute. Yeah, and he and, comes out like, what the fuck, like that? And he just and he's thinking, You know, he stops what he's doing because he's eating and he's drinking and he stops what he's doing. He hears someone playing the piano and he goes out there and there's this big old group of bikers like and and you're thinking, oh man, he's going to get his ass kicked. So he jumps up into the in the back of the truck, basically, it starts playing the piano with the guy. So when he goes back into the bar, it, the guy's basically buying him drinks because he thinks he's cool because they were playing hard and so, and then he went on and he improvised it. And it was the funniest thing. And that, that big dude, like, just thought that he was, he was the dude, you know? And and when it came back around after the doctor found the prescription, the big dude's the one that guarded the door for them to run. Exactly. I do, I do like that little scene with the piano because in a way, it, it, I think they wrote it, even like the original screenplay, I think was written with potentially Tim Minchin in mind because it genuinely allows him to do what he would normally do, like playing a piano on stage. I mean, the one thing that you can always come back to this show is that it keeps actually putting Tim Minchin's musical abilities out there. Like, you know, and there's another one in episode, I believe it's four, that it's the same kind of thing, you know, where he, just, he gets up and he's playing the piano and it, it, it kind of gives out there to what his uh, musical ability really is. And, and it kind of keeps what is personal brand of music and writing music and different things like that intact as well as having this show behind him so yeah and of of course um talking about uh music in upright tim uh composed the music for upright which includes uh, a the song called carry you which was then later covered by an artist called missy higgins and was then later uh, performed on the uh, 2020 BAFTAs, but before Upright, it had actually been previewed in Tim's most recent uh, tour, also known as Back, also known as Back Old Songs, New new Songs, Fuck You Songs. Yeah. Well, I never have heard of, I, I think we there should be an, a, a international album called Fuck You Songs, and it'd be all songs that pertain to that 
yeah, definitely. Thing is, I'll I'll say this: the "Carry You" song is actually quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were a few songs in there. I mean, they weren't all particularly from him. I actually shazammed a couple of them, um, because it was like um, Shazam. I don't need you right now. I just need to see what I looked up. Um. Uh, Never Tear Us Apart was one, and there was one that was Mr. La Dida from Baker Boy. I've never heard of Baker Boy, actually. He actually has some pretty good music when I was looking it up. So, I mean, the music in it's it's incredible throughout, throughout the whole thing. It has really incredible music because I think a lot of it, he has his hand in that. Yeah. Um, talking about um, upright, can we just talk about the cinematography? Obviously, it was filmed in southern or south Australia. Australia, my god, the way it's shot is brilliant. I think. No, I, I agree, and I love the part where, and I believe it's in the second episode that they think there's like a pink lake or whatever, and it's all like pink in the thing. Because I've I've personally never been to Australia, and I've seen. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of different, you know, programming that has the, um, a lot of the, uh, views and, and, and the landscape and it's absolutely stunning. And it really brought that out. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the things Upright does really well is just the way it's shot. It just looks beautiful no matter where they are. And, and, and it's kind of funny, even if they're down, um, even if they're in a gas station, I think that was in episode four. It was three or four where they're in the gas station, but um, everywhere they go. But, you know, I see that they do a lot of camping and that they, uh, you know, there was a lot of really like personal moments that they kind of got to know each other as well. Like you kind of see their bonding throughout this journey but you know it always kind of reverts back to meg trying to like get a hold of her dad and and her dad never picking up her dad's always in bed when she calls i think i think i do believe her dad is supposed to be like an alcoholic i think is i mean i don't know if he's an alcoholic or if he's just like clinically depressed you know that because it, it doesn't sound like there's a mom in the situation and it also uh doesn't sound uh like you know the you know the brother's gone and then there's a point that she says that you know it's not your fault so i mean you still are trying to figure out why it's not his fault i don't know if maybe his mother the mother died and then when the mother died the brother killed himself you know there's those still those little elements that you're trying to figure out why she's so she's such a lunatic yeah, lunatic is the best way to describe Meg at the best of times. She she comes off at the start as this loudmouth, like, you know, going back to episode one, she's straight up, she's only just met Lucky and she's swearing at him. Yeah. She's always swearing at him for some for some reason, you know, like, and I think there's a lot of it that she has personal anger issues herself, you know. So there's personal stuff going on with her about her and her brother and, and things that they've been through because there's something going on with the dad. 
there's something circled around the dad why she just picked up and took the car and left yeah like a good game to play that i do when i'm watching upright is take a shot every time meg swears at lucky i will tell you now you will end up being drunk very quick you will pass out and die i mean it's like she literally is always screaming at him yeah, like um, at the end of episode two, when they're running running away, she comes uh, down with the you and she just shouts at him, Oi, dickhead! I know, it's, it's like, it's like, come on. Because, I mean, she, she was running out, he was running out of the bar and she was driving the car, I think. And Yeah, yeah she goes one way and um, Lucky goes another way and then he comes round walks and, back to the front, and gets her, sees all the biker yeah. dude, and then runs the other way. Yeah, I mean, she, she, um, she's definitely crazier than him. Because, you know, by the next episode, you start to realize that he's going to try to do, he's doing the right thing, and he's trying to go back to, in, to find, get to his mom. And she, is slowly realizing that and i think that brings her back to her own situation yeah that's the thing with meg like some i think with meg some people can sort of relate to her but then there's moments in there where you know you can relate to her and then there's other moments going i'm not gonna lie when meg in episode four and we'll bring this back up again later on when she smashes that car's window I know. Like, no like? joke. I'm not gonna. I'm not sounding like a dick. When I saw that, when I watched it earlier, I went, "Yeah, I think that's something Ashley would do." It's just crazy. she smashes that window i'm thinking you know there is no reason for her to do it to be honest with you I, if it was me i would have taken my stuff and i would have just like okay let's get out of here while we can she just she went extra on it she yeah, she she stands on top of the vehicle and deliberately shouts to cause attention and then fucking slams it and lucky's there like what the fuck and then she's like run it's like well they have no choice to run because she's crazy she is. She is one crazy motherfucker. I, I, I'm going to say this now. Right, there's a level, yeah? There's mm -hmm. Ashley North crazy, and then there's Meg. Meg is at the fucking top. Meg is on another level. She, she is, is not fucking insane. But I think it all comes back to the anger issue she has at home. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just one of those things, I think. But, yeah... I, well, it, well, it, it kind of, it's, it's weird. And I think this is episode three. Yeah. Uh, going to the moment. She's on her cycle or whatever. The lady that is trying to help her, then she, and they're at some, you know, convenience store, gas station, whatever. And then there's the cops and I guess they're looking for him or they're looking for her. It never showed you who they were actually looking for. Yeah, you see them coming in saying, oh, have you seen these two people? And Meg just fucking legs it. She's like, lucky, get fucking driving. And he's like, he's like, why? What's up? And he's like, mum's dying. And he's like, harsh. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, she never realizes that, no, he never realizes that they're looking for him. And I think it came down to that prescription. Yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, it's the only thing you could think of. Yeah, like... The only other thing is if they found his car. Yeah, I'll say this, though. I think it's obvious to me that there's times where I think Lucky is sort of getting pushed around by Meg a lot, and I think he's genuinely scared of her. A perfect example is our episode three. She she says to him, oh, can you get my jacket out the front? And he's like, no, get it yourself. And she says, get it for me. And he doesn't say a fucking word. He just does what she tells him. Because he's driving her car she, or, uh, for, for what he thinks is her car. Hmm. And because she crashed into him in the first episode that, you know, that's his only way of getting back. And plus, she's the one with the money, not him. Yeah, um, just so people just so people know, I will just quickly go over the description for episode three. Uh, Meg is beside herself when she loses all of her hers and Lucky's money. To make matters worse, they run out of petrol. Now, that bit where they run out of petrol, they're like, yeah, we're going to make it, and then it stops. That is a genuine moment that made me laugh because the vehicle, the vehicle stops, and then you hear like a sheep in the background, and then next minute... All you hear is Lucky going, fuck! I know. And it's like, he's, and then he's pushing the car, and somehow they get to the gas station, and then she realizes where she left her wallet at the gas station. I think that was in three, between three and four, because, like, I know they get to the gas station and he's trying to beg the woman to give him some gas and he's like, I can wire it to you, I can do this. But here's the thing. If this guy if this guy was gonna drive across the country anyway, like why would he not have money for gas? Thing is, there is a scene going back to episode one, I think, where he tries to get like money out of his um bank account and his card gets swallowed and he ends up like phoning a load of people saying like oh can you lend me such and such and then mm -hmm. no one will do it and he just ends up fucking losing it i do remember that now yeah because i was thinking well he put it in and i knew that they would it wouldn't let him take any money out so yeah. he tries it again and that's when they're at the hospital so they're living off of her until he can get to where he's going. And then she, she, but she left, but what was dumb about it, if that's their only money, then why did she leave it? Cause I mean, I guess it's cause she's young. I mean. Yeah. There's also, I think it's an episode. Taking a picture of whatever in the toilet. Yeah. I think I'll say this. I think it's in episode three you sort of see there's a really nice little sentimental moment where Meg is in this, um, I think it's like a convenience store or something, and she's buying mm -hmm. a load of tampons, and she just genuinely says to the woman, how do you put it in? Yeah, that's, that's what I was talking about earlier. I mean, it was a moment, it was just like, you can tell that she doesn't have a mother in her life, because she's only reaching out to her dad. And then she doesn't have her brother because he killed himself. So she's got family issues in general. 
Yeah. Um, quickly talking about episode three, the the little flashback scene at the start. I mm. like that scene where he's at his. I do believe it's his brother's funeral. Not not funeral wedding. And he's mm-hmm. just sort of like, he's doing the best man speech. And I love how it ends. The brother gets up and Lucky just like, quick, play the music. And he's like, dance, motherfuckers. And Because <laughs> he was drunk when he was given the speech. I'm not going to lie. That whole scene is definitely me and why I'm not invited to like weddings and stuff. I genuinely do go to like parties like that. And I end up going like this, dance, motherfuckers. I will. I don't know if that's me, but I do get drunk. <laughs> I think I guessed that. I think I think it's just like I just am never like maid of honor. Yeah. They're like, you know, you're a guest, you can show up, but don't do anything important. <laughs> yeah, like just that scene alone is funny because, you know, like Lucky's genuinely trying to do a best man speech and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Because he's so drunk, he's making it worse for himself. And I love his reaction when his brother gets up. He's like, oh, big boy's getting up. Oh, I know. And his brother's like. But what I don't like is that his brother keeps putting him down through the whole thing. It's like, if you're not happy, that's on you. But don't don't put it on your brother. Exactly, and uh, like I say, that that whole flashback scene just ends with Lucky going fucking like trying to be all like sort of. I think it sort of links in with what Tim tries to do on stage. On stage, he tries to come across as a rock star, and um, obviously, him just kicking the mic, shouting "Dance, motherfuckers!" Is him? Yeah, you can definitely see a lot of his sort of stage stuff within that scene. He definitely puts his personality out. I mean, yeah. He definitely does. Because, I mean, it, 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 it comes across that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, saying that, Tim, obviously, uh, another fact for everyone listening, uh, Tim actually only wrote two episodes of this um Technically, he wrote, he, he only wrote two episodes of this um, series, which is episodes one and eight, but he did uh, co-wrote a couple of them. Well, he, he also is the executive producer on it, I've seen. So, I mean, he, he has a lot of titles within that show. Yeah. So, I mean... It, it's not easy. It's like basically he's taking, okay, today I'm the actor. Today I'm the singer. Today I'm this. Yeah. He's putting a lot of hats on for this, for, for this series. Because I think it's, it's his, I mean, the only thing I'm not sure, I just wondered if it's his production company that's doing it. I don't, well, this is the thing, because when he did the uh, 2020 BAFTAs recently, he opened the show with a song and he actually mentions how Upright wasn't nominated for any awards. Now, the mm-hmm. reason why is because, yes, it has British talent in it. The reason why it didn't get any BAFTA nominations is because it's mainly a Australian-funded show. Yeah. So, obviously, clearly it didn't count. But even if it... <laughs> 
it needs awards. I will say that just the first half, it genuinely does deserve to win some sort of award. No, I agree. But like, here's the thing. But I've never heard of that. You, you would think because that he is bringing it to the UK and he's getting it distributed there, you would think that they would give try to give the guys something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he did win an award for like um, writing episode eight. Apparently, I think he won like a an, an Australian Writers Award. But it's still, it's kind of weird. Like here in the United States, it's like, oh, you shot it and you shot it in Australia. Cool. You know, if it's a good product, they, they nominate it for an Oscar or, or an Emmy. So it just depends. Of Yeah, it's a weird world, I think. Well, I guess it just depends on the rules of the BAFTAs. I mean, I, I've never really looked into that because, you know, it, I've never needed to. But I, I do know that they're kind of like, that's y'all's version of the Oscars. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. It's the British version of the Oscars. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's the thing. So, I mean, you would think that they would want to acknowledge one of their own. Yeah. One thing I'll ask you is, with each episode, there's obviously, like, comedic highlights. With episode three, is there any sort of comedic highlights that stand out for you? For me, personally, it's the... The bit where the vehicle breaks down and Lucky just starts shouting fuck. I think it's that. And I also think, and I don't know if this is three or four, where like basically when they go, I think it's four when they're at the gas station and she basically hits the window of the car. Yeah, that's a good, um, that's a good scene. I'm not going to lie. No, it is. It's such it's a, a really good scene. Um, okay, so we're now actually on to the fourth episode. Um, I think we'll talk really in depth with episode four because this is, I think, out of the out of the eight episodes that are available within the first half of the season, episode four is probably the most emotional one. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's the description for people who don't know. Meg and a reluctant Lucky join a campsite party, but the night takes a dark turn when Lucky discovers a suicide note. Yeah, I mean, it, this starts with them at the gas station, and he's begging, he's begging the the attendant to give them some, basically, uh, some gas for the car. While he's doing that, Meg has realized that the people who stole her wallet got out of their car. She stole their wallet. Then she was trying to steal the gas that they were putting in the car. Mm -hmm. Not really realizing until later it was the wrong gas. Yeah. Or petrol, as they called it. So, you know, she... <clears throat> but this is where she went over the top again. It's like Okay, instead of just stealing the wallet <laughs> back, they've taken all of her money but a certain amount of cash. Then, and then just getting back into, you know, steal the gas because you should because they stole your money. But, like, she goes and she breaks their window. And she's having him distract some random smoking dude that basically thinks he's gay. <laughs> 
I, I would bet there is a little funny I'll moment there where Lucky's talking to the guy smoking and he goes, um, uh, the guy smoking calls him a faggot and Lucky just goes, do they still say faggot? I know, that's, that's what I was about to say. It was funny. That's a little funny moment. because, And also, that's the thing I link in with because I definitely say that in a situation. Like, if someone says the word um, faggot to me, I'm like, do they still say faggot? I was like, didn't they stop saying that in, like, the 80s? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, when I was younger, well, actually, technically, I think it became a word used for the wrong reasons when I was about probably seven or eight. So this is around about 2008, 2009. So, I mean, but they were using that in the 80s and the 90s. But yeah, it would have been wrong But... It was like, they don't use that anymore. Yeah, it's weird. Um, one thing I will point out, uh, obviously, episode four is the first time we get to see Tim in a in a shirt that clearly is too small for him, which is the unicorn shirt, which I'm not going to lie, the unicorn shirt looks cute. It looks cute, but you realize it's that woman's shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things because obviously um, in episode four, Lucky ends up uh, getting severely drunk, is the best way to put it. And he ends mm -hmm. up uh, attempting to have sex with um, a random woman and then Meg turns up. Oh, well, I know that Meg basically is wanting his attention because she's going through some emotional things herself. Like, you yeah, know, he, and he's just like, Oh, go find something to do. And she finds a bottle of vodka, which then goes into a sequence, which I think genuinely made me do two things. It made me laugh. And then it made me also go, Oh, that's cute. Well, she gets in a car with a boy more her age and come to find out, I think he was her age. I thought she was a little older than him. And he's playing video games. So you're thinking, because she is mature for her age, you think if she's up here and this kid's down here, because this kid's over there playing video games, and she's having him explain the video game to her. Yeah. And then she's sitting there and says, hey, take some water. Yeah, that's the scene I genuinely loved and I laughed at. She's like, here, have some water. The kid drinks it and just spits out. She's like, oh, did I mean water? I mean vodka. So they're just sitting there. You can tell the kid's like nervous. And then the kid starts crying after Meg kisses her. Yeah, Meg kisses him. I'm just wondering if he's gay. Okay, now we're making plot points for season two. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's like, if the kid wasn't gay, you would think you enjoyed the pretty girl kissing him. Yeah, I'm going to say this. Tim, if you're listening, take these plot points and get Reckless Comedy to write season two. I know. I mean, because the woman's like, your, your daughter molested my son. And he's all drunk and, he, and he's like laughing. <laughs> Yeah, and he then draws like a sad face on the window. Mm -hmm. At that point, once again, I connected with Lucky and said, "Yeah, that's me when I'm drunk." Because he's like, he's like banging on the window, and he and she's like, "Look, I'm coming." And she's like, "He's like, do you want to come out?" 
and she's like, no, and he just then draws the sad face and she just closes the curtain and he starts drinking again. Like, he had, like, a box of wine, but it wasn't, like, the box of wine here in the United States. It actually was in, like, a tin. And it was, like, it looked like gasoline. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Or moonshine. Yeah, possibly. But it was wine. He's like, you want more wine? And I'm sitting there going, it looks like he's going to give this woman gasoline. Yeah, yeah, that whole scene where we see a drunk Lucky, it's hard to say how to feel because at one point you're sort of laughing because he's like banging on the window and he's, you know, like I say, like when he draws the sad face, I genuinely laugh my head off. I'm like, <laughs> he, he, he's completely out of it. Yet a few minutes later, he's able to run across the campsite trying to find Meg. Mm hmm it's just like, hang on a minute, if you're drunk as hell, how the fuck are you walking in a straight line? And then he finally finds her, because he finds a suicide note in the car. Then he goes and looks for her. And he finds her, and he thinks she's trying to kill herself. So he jumps on her to save her from jumping off the edge of the earth. Or the edge of Australia. Yeah, and he's and she's like, I'm not gonna kill myself, you fucking dickhead. Again, shot. <laughs> yep, another shot to that one. Literally, I will I'm gonna say this now. Millie, if you're listening, can you tell us the exact amount of times you swore at Tim? We really want to know what the exact number is. Exactly, because I swear it was like a thousand miles long. I mean you would be so drunk right now, you'd probably go through more than one bottle of liquor. Yeah, I think as well, I'm just trying to think. I think it's like, one of the things I'm trying to get, trying to think of is what is the most common word Meg says to Lucky? And I've worked out, I think it's fuck. Yeah, it's either fuck or dickhead. She was calling him dickhead a lot too. Like, but the fact that Lucky takes all this verbal abuse that he's getting pretty much from a child because the thing about it is he's looking at it like this so if, if you're him you're broke and she's got the money and she's got the car she can walk away at any time and where will he be because if she runs away at this point she's going to take his piano that he needs to get to where he's going yeah it's weird like that's that's a question i would probably ask tim if he came on the show is why does Lucky take all this shit? If that was me and Meg started swearing and stuff at me, I would have slapped her. I'm sorry, but I would have slapped her. I mean, I think he yells at her a couple of times throughout what I saw, but it's like... Yeah, I think, I think there's a moment where they're in the U and she's shouting at him and they, I think they do like a U-turn and, and he sort of says like, stop shouting at me. He basically, I think, was going to take her home or something. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now we're into the revelation, which is probably, when I first watched Upright, that revelation genuinely made me go, oh, fuck. Well, he, he, she tells him that she's 16 years old, so. Yeah. I guess, and I don't know what 
the laws are in Australia, but you know, 16, you can emancipate from your parents in the United States. And then at 18, you're completely legal. And so she, and then all of a sudden he finds out that she's 13. So not only is she not old enough to drive the car or have the car, she, so he knows it's stolen now. Yeah, I've literally searched this up, what the uh, age to drive in Australia is. 21. So really, I mean, so 16, she only has a permit, if, if that. Yeah, if that, a learner's permit. I wonder why it's 21 versus 18 or 16. Like over here, you can start learning to drive at 16 and you can then, um, you can, you at 16, you can get uh, what we call, technically it's a learner's permit over here, but we call it a provisional. Mm -hmm. So you can like, you can you can drive, but you have to have someone, like a legally. Someone with a license. Yeah, someone with a license has to supervise the driving. And then at 18, you can, you know, be a proper driver. Well, I mean, at it, it, 16, you can be a proper driver in Oklahoma. I mean, it, it kind of varies from state to state in the United States. But um, it, you, you can get your permit at like 15 and a half, and then you can literally have your driver's license at 16, after your 16th birthday. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Mm -hmm. So you got a bunch of 16-year-olds like killing each other, you know. Yeah, although we must give a um, a shout out to our Australian Australian listeners. I know a lot of them will probably be listening to this episode because um, saying that, I'm actually going to find out. I'm going to go on our stats and find out where in Australia we're being listened to because last time I checked, we were being listened to in Queensland. Okay. So um, if there's any Australians listening, hi. Hi, we love you. Yeah, we love this brilliant TV show that has been created out of your money. Well, I mean, Australia actually, I mean, Frank and I have spoken of this too. Like there has been like more than one like show that's actually coming out of there that are going mainstream internationally now because I mean, they do do a lot of great work there in Australia. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I mean, this show was really well shot, and as you said, and it's very true, it's very well shot. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, the thing is, Australia is quite a beautiful place, because I, I lived there for, like, about two, two three years. Mm -hmm. So, it's a beautiful place, like, and I... <laughs> I, I just want to go back there. That is the one thing I'm doing once this COVID-19 hormonal son of a bitch is done. Okay. I'm going back over to Australia. Just yeah, It's definitely a really moody woman. I mean, she, she is just needs to get her hormones checked. I mean, she's not cool. If anything, she should, COVID-19 should ask Meg for tampon. No, she, oh, it's beyond a tampon. She just needs some medication. <laughs> Even yeah. tampons won't cure that shit. Yeah, I mean, she th that that needs some hormone injections. I mean, she ain't right. COVID is a mad bitch, man. Yep. 
yeah, it's it's fucking weird. It's it's insane. But like you know, what are you gonna do? You know, I mean, it, it's just like it's really stopped us too from traveling abroad or do things. But there, you know, there's been a lot of good that's came out of it too. Like you know, this podcast, for example. And, and just many other things that have given us more social awareness, even though some people don't like to wear their masks, who, those people suck. Um, oh, COVID's over. So they go out and they infect everybody because they're selfish little douche lords. And I just found out like in three, after three months, you no longer have the, like if you get it and you recover, the uh, antibodies only last for three months. So you can get it again. Mm. So these mask, non-mask wearing mofos need to understand wear a mask. I don't want your cooties. I don't want. I don't want your cooties. That's it. Yeah, it's it's weird right now. Um. So yeah, that we've we've now talked about the first half of upright now. What we're going to say now, the question we're going to ask ourselves is, after seeing the first half of Upright, do we think, just going by the first half alone, do you think it's worth them doing a second season? Now, I do just, I do just want to state that as of recording, a season two hasn't been announced or is yet to be announced. Well, I mean, everything's really up in the air at the moment. Exactly. I think I think even if they did do a season two, I don't think we would see it until maybe 2022 at the earliest. Well, I think that we would see it. I mean, they could, I don't know if, let's see. I don't know how to check this. Let's see. Yeah, I personally think if, if they want to do a season two, then go for it. I know I know with the reviews that they got when Upright first came out was insane. Like even even me, people were tweeting Tim and they're still doing it now, saying when season two coming. Well, I mean, uh it's as of August sixth from there, let's see. This is uh, Tim mentioned spins on trains, planes, and automobiles where upright review and where it needs to go. Um, right now, I, I think it's still up in the air, but I mean, they got a first season out of it, but like. Yeah, I think it's a case of whether they want to either A, invest in doing it, and also. From a writing perspective, how are they going to do it? Well, I mean, how they're do I don't know what they're doing in the UK as far as filming here. Like, I was working on a set last Saturday, and, like, I was doing some principal work. And they basically, like, okay, you do yours in. They would take them out. Everybody's in masks and gloves. I know Tyler Perry's really big on that. Or what he does is he tests the folks when they come in. And he has the... Um, he has the uh, studio on an old army barrack. So what happens is, is that they all stay. Like if they have six days to do this particular 
you know, scene or whatever they're doing or this particular episode of something, then they have them stay the whole six days and work and they can, and then they continuously test them. Um, you know, New York is really, is really up, up in arms about if they want to do production a little bit more or when they're going to start and productions are starting to leave New York because our governor has been pretty safe about COVID-19 and now we've got the least cases when we had the most at one point. Um, I think everybody's different and you know with them if it's just the two of them like a lot of this you see a lot of the scenes it's just the two of them. So I think that if they did do another season I think they would just have to do the protocol that's going around the world right now of like minimizing people on set just using people they would need, you know, not using as many extras or whatever that are used and just kind of go from there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one, I think, just in like the general sense. But I think currently over here, like not just with like filming, but just with anything, like obviously we recently just had uh, theatres reopen. Not, they say theatres can reopen, but barely any of them have because they can't afford to. Whoa. One of the things, one of the uh, conditions of entry now is that you have to be temperature checked. Well, that's here too. There's, there's a lot of buildings and everything else that are, um, that are making you do temperature checks. And they're basically like, don't want you to um, come into the building or have any access to the buildings unless you've been temperature checked. and. Um, I, I know that like you go in, I was in Atlanta and they had you, there was a hard rock cafe and they literally had you like stand by this kind of like what would look like an iPad and it like basically took your temperature right then and there. Um, but ever, like I said, everyone is different. If you know, if you're over a certain amount, then they just do not want you there. And then with theater, it's hard because it's all live and you know, you don't know if the cast of 50 or 15, one of them has COVID. I mean, look at all these sports teams right now. Part, part of the college football seasons and like the Big Ten and things like that here in the United States have canceled the seasons. And, and a lot of people look forward to that um, because like football players will be in, 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 in practice and five of them will come down with COVID. I mean, it's just – it's hard to be in group settings. I mean, I don't particularly see anything changing till 2021, but I also see in Nashville, Tennessee, that they're going to continue the CMA awards. And I'm like, how are they going to do that if we can't be in large groups? Yeah, that's, but in all fairness, going back to what the question was, do we think there'll be a season two? It's hard to say at this moment in time. Um, but until we get an official announcement from whether that's Foxtel, Sundance, um, E1, who distributed uh, Upright to the UK, or even if we hear something from uh, Tim Minchin himself, until we hear any announcement on season two. We're I mean, not... as of August 6th, we didn't see anything. Yeah, so like, like we say, it's all up in arms at the moment. No one knows really what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we, we, nobody knows because, I mean, even pre-COVID, um, there was a, 
they're they were actually questioning this this show if it's going to continue or not so i mean it's not even about covid it's just about you know it's just about seeing if it's just going to continue or not right now in general so it actually says it's on netflix too by the way yeah that's that's the thing i think obviously tim has said that the amount of support with upright has been overwhelming no one expected him you know when upright was being made tim had mm. just come back after living in america i think for a while after he was working on a project which got shut down by the studio so he had just had the massive sort of he, he was going through a bad time and then he's gone and made upright and even in interviews about upright he said he didn't really think it was gonna go down as well as it did well i mean it kind of has a little bit for everyone you know you got the guys and the bikers and they you think he's maybe a druggie but he's not and then there's the family element in it too you know and it, it really does have a lot of great elements to it exactly but um so, yeah so that really everyone is um what we think of the first half of Upright. For me personally, I think the first half is brilliant. The, like the first four episodes. Um, I'm going to pass over to Ashley to tell uh, what her full overall thoughts. And I'm actually going to ask you the question, out of the first four episodes, which one's your favorite? I think actually episode four, because it, it gives you a lot of information about the characters themselves. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Episode four is, as I said earlier, probably one of the most emotional ones, considering the first four episodes. You, you, you see where they're mentally both, where they're both at. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing with that. I mean, you, you kind of see where they're at and why they're there and, and you know... And that's, sorry about my phone there, but um, you kind of see where their heads are at. Yeah, definitely. You see, and obviously the flashbacks are important as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, the flashbacks kind of tell you why, you know, and like even, even with Meg, you can kind of figure out what her family situation is and why she's just taking this venture and the one thing that they don't say until she keeps saying it to her dad that she keeps telling her dad she's at her friend's house yeah that revelation it's a shocker when it comes across because the thing is meg gives it all um she gives it away by accident that's yeah. the thing she's like oh my brother was 20 when he killed himself and then yes. she says there's like a seven year difference. And Lucky, considering Lucky is drunk at this point, then clicks on and saying, oh, fuck, you're 13. Yeah, I mean, and he freaks out. He has a fucking freak out at this. He's like, do you understand? I could go to jail for this. But if you were in his shoes, you would flip out too. Yeah, I would. Like, but then there, there then comes like a little dark moment because he then 
starts saying, right, go to fucking sleep. Like, he fucking forces her into the back of the ute. And it's like, what the fuck? No, I know. It's, it's just like, but you've got this child, you know? I mean, you have a child, literally. Literally, he's got a child that he didn't want. Yeah, I mean, he basically was like there to steal her car. <laughs> well, it all started because she crashed into him. This is the question I ask people when they watch Upright. Who was technically in the wrong at the start? Was it Meg in the wrong or was it Lucky? Because Lucky was coming out and Meg was speeding. So it's sort of... 50-50, really. Lucky should have seen well, where he was going, and she should have slowed down. You know, it's, well, I mean, she, I don't even know if she knew how to drive properly. That is debatable. I mean, think about it, because it is a standard transmission truck that she can't, she can't control the gears. Like, she's having him do it as she pushes down the pedal. I do like that little sequence. I do like that where they're driving and she's like, right, put him forth and Lucky can't do it. And she's like, fucking do it right. You know, and it's like, he keeps, she keeps yelling at him, but she can't do it herself. That's yeah. what I think the irony is. Yeah, like I say, the fact that Lucky takes all this verbal abuse from a child is just funny. Well, he's taking it because he needs her money. Like, he's, that's what he's doing. He's taking it. Yeah, I think just, yeah he's just like, look, I don't give a fuck about you. All I want is the money that's in your wallet. Which she lost some to those douchebags. Yeah, it's just, it, it's such a, like, just the first half of the season alone really sort of sets the tone of what's going to come. Well, she's just being a typical 13-year-old, though. I mean, oh, I'm going to lose my wallet. Oh, I'm interested in the, you know, the pink field in the world. You know, that, that's how 13-year-olds are. They want to see everything, and, and they think they know it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, episode four ends on um, Lucky on his own because everyone else is fucked off. Well, you know, he's... She's basically molested that one chick he was hitting on his little little boy. And then, and then he gets whacked, he gets drunk. And then uh and then uh he, he's like sleeping in like an inflatable pillow in the middle of the desert in a unicorn shirt. And then he wakes up and realizes like everybody's gone. Yeah, saying that, you say that's an inflatable pillow. Technically, <laughs> all he does, what he does is he's still drinking uh, this giant wine box thing, but he takes like the plastic that the wine is in out of the box, finishes off the wine, and then blows the wine thing up as a yeah. pillow. Yeah, that's what it, it looked like an inflatable pillow to me. It's a makeshift one, I'd say. Well, he wakes up in the middle of the desert, basically, in his makeshift pillow and realizes that, like, he, he is uh, abandoned. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and the final thing he says in that episode, and I love how they sort of break the fourth wall here. He's looking straight at the camera, and the last thing he says at that episode is, Meg. 
<laughs> the fact that straight away, the fact that straight away he knows who's fucked off. Yeah, I mean, she's always the one messing up. In a way, I think when Meg fucks off with the you and leaves Lucky there, I think it's it sort of plays back to what happened at the start of episode one, where when um well towards the end of episode one, where Lucky fucks off and leaves Meg. Yeah, so you you think you have to see that maybe she's gonna come back and get him. Yeah, that's what you, that's what I thought the first time. I'm like, oh, Meg's gone. Maybe she's waiting around the corner and then she's gonna come round. But then you just see that it's in the middle of the desert and there's no other no other vehicles around and that he's genuinely on his own. And the smoke from the fire the day before is like gone. So, and the fact that no one knew where Lucky was just shows how drunk he got. He just fucking knocked out, knocked himself out somewhere. Or, or nor were they looking for him. <laughs> or maybe they did look for him, saw that he was passed out and saw him as a lost cause. Yeah. Or maybe they took her to child services. Interesting. Well, thing is, I know what happens in the rest of the series. So, ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to wait until we do uh, the second half of the season to find out what happens. Yeah, because it's like, maybe. <laughs> it's like, maybe. maybe. Says, you know what, dude, you're getting her drunk at like 13. Because, you know, there are so many elements of wrong in that series. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I, I still can't, I will always say this, I still can't believe that Lucky takes all that verbal abuse from a 13-year-old girl. Well, if he, hadn't have, if he had money, he wouldn't have done it, you know that. Yeah, I think, I think if it weren't anything to do with the money, I think he would have told her to shut the fuck up. He would have left, he would have taken her truck and like left her in the street. I can imagine if, if that had actually happened, he would have literally started up the ute and um, as he's driving off, he would have gone, goodbye, dickhead, put the middle finger up at her. It's like, go home to mommy. <laughs> Find your own way back. You little douche. <laughs> oh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we think of Upright. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, everyone. Um, it's been interesting film well record it's been interesting and of course um uh we're, we're gonna say this now you can uh check upright out in the us if you're listening to us in the us uh we're just gonna quickly talk about uh the release of upright uh it first came out in the uk in october last year so surprisingly we got it first Yes, you got it first, but you know, it's a really great show, and I think that everyone needs to check it out. You can check it out on Sundance, but it'll give you the first four episodes. I mean, I see that there's Netflix, but I don't want to say Netflix, because when I went on to Netflix, I didn't see it. Um, so we will find more places and make that available on our social media. Yeah, obviously, um, like I said, the UK got it first, then Australia and then Canada, and then Russia, and then only this month has Germany and the US got it. And next up to get it, I do believe, is Spain and the Netherlands. So, I mean, at least we got it before the Netherlands. Yeah, I was gonna say, 
because like, I just find it funny that we got it even before Australia. Technically, we got it a couple of days before Australia. But technically, isn't he a British actor, though? He's a British... Well, he was born in England, but he was raised to Australian parents. Okay. So it's a 50-50 sort of situation. So he's a little both. Yeah, he's a little bit of both. Um, one thing I will mention is, um, obviously, we have mentioned how um, Tim's uh, sort of stage stuff is like. We Just from stuff that I've seen and from maybe stuff that Ashley's seen, we definitely recommend, if you see he's got a show on, definitely go and see it. Totally. I mean, he's a great performer and he's a talented musician, and I think it's just really worth your time. Yeah, and uh, just mentioning about the um, uh, seeing Tim uh, live. If you are in Australia, you probably know this. Um, next year, he is bringing, uh, he's doing his encore tour for his um, show uh, back, which um, sadly got postponed halfway during uh, its encore tour because of um, uh, oh. a certain bitch called COVID. Yes. COVID is just really, she's like, oh, you guys can't do the MTV Awards. You guys can't, <laughs> you guys can't have concerts. You guys can't even dine on the inside of your building. So you know what? I'm going to make your life a living hell. So you're going to burn up in the summer. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, she's like somewhere laughing at us all. Yeah, saying that, actually, I've just seen this. Um... Obviously, uh, if you guys are in Australia and you want to go see um, Tim's back tour um, next year, we are going to quickly go over the dates because I actually have them up right now. I'm going to get them up because, um, okay, yeah. Live Nation, stop doing this to me, you son of a bitch. Live Nation, just cooperate. We're actually promoting you, Live Nation. Come on, Live Nation, give us a live show, for God's sake. Live Nation, I know people in your office, Live Nation. Please, give us a show and just let us do our thing. Yeah, just look, as all I'm going to say, Live Nation, if you're listening, yeah, I don't have a problem with Ashley being involved, but you've got to pay my airplane fees coming from England over to America, and then you've got to pay for my hotels. That's my deal. You have got to sponsor us, Live Nation, so we can actually perform with Live Nation. Exactly. Um, but going back to uh, Tim's tour next year in Australia, um, you will be able to find him at the Melbourne Hamer Hall uh, between the 14th and 16th of January. You can then also find him at the Brisbane Fort Fortitude Music Hall. Uh, on the 19th to the 22nd of January next year. Then you can find him at the Newcastle Civic Theatre on the 27th and 28th of January. And then you can find him in Sydney at the Enmore Theatre from the end of January to the 3rd of February. Wow. So he's already got ready to go for next year. Yeah. Well, actually, this is the thing. Because he's doing an encore tour in Australia, all of us here in the UK are literally begging him to do one in the UK again. And this is the thing. He said, he has teased that towards the end of this year, we might, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to jinx this, 
we might get an announce a announcement of another UK tour. But a lot of us are saying it probably won't be until maybe the back end of 2021. Well, it, or even, you know, he could do it if COVID-19 and people would cooperate with COVID-19. Wear your mask, you might get Tim. You know, like, maybe we should put that, that out there for you. You know, because, I mean, that's really what it's coming down to. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, but um, Tim, if you're listening, please. Right, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, Tim. We've been trying our hardest to get you on the show. Can you please convince your management to let you be on the show? <laughs> We're good people, and we love you. <laughs> Look, we just promoted your tour dates. For goodness' sake, can you please give us a little bit of feedback? We, we're actually promoting your show today. Like, give us a break. Look, the best thing you could have done is that uh, of at least liked our Instagram post. Look, even your fucking loudmouth co-star liked it. <laughs> the loudmouth liked it. You need to like it too. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I actually said to Ashley when we found out Millie had liked it. We genuinely said... All we need to do now is get the big dog to like it. Well, like, we love you, man. She loves us, so why don't you love us? Yeah, clearly she loves us, and she hasn't called us a dickhead yet. I mean, you know, she hasn't met us either, but... <laughs> no, she hasn't even met us. Like, the, the fact that she just... Just imagine that, scrolling through Instagram. Mm, mm. Oh, reckless comedy are covering upright. Like... We're promoting your movie, dude. Like, give us a break. Saying that, there are actually talks of um, a Netflix version of Matilda the Musical being made. That's cool. Like, if it, if it goes ahead, literally, loads of people keep saying, oh, if, if they make an adaptation of Matilda the Musical for like, for, like, Netflix, I hope they get Tim involved. And everyone keeps tweeting him, saying, like, Oh, are you involved in the Matilda adaptation? And he's not saying a word. They're probably already doing it, or it's already been done. I think I think last thing I heard was they were still casting it, like getting the main like casting sorted. Yeah. I think that's the last thing I heard about it. That I don't know anything about it other than the fact that it um what is all this noise back here? Jesus. Um I do anyway. I don't know. We have people honking in the front and honking in the back and coming to the door and, and just like during this whole podcast. Exactly. Um, obviously on screen right now, uh, only me and Ashley can see this, or you can go subscribe to, uh, my, um, comedy YouTube channel and you'll sort of see some of the highlights of each episode. Sometimes people get offended by it. Oh, they get over it. <laughs> yeah, they'll get over it. But, uh, me and Ashley can currently see on, um, on the screen, a picture from Tim's, um, recent back tour and my god the lighting design is great and also look how many people are there that is before social distancing became a thing i know i i, I miss like real world stuff 
Exactly. I'm not going to lie. I miss going to like a theatre and being in that atmosphere. I do too. I just, I just, you know, it's funny. They have a, like an old Frank Sinatra show here in New York and they have taken an old cigar bar and, you know, now they can't do it anymore because of the factor that of COVID-19 ruined the business and they actually had to close the place down recently. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are actually coming towards the end of the episode. Um, we just literally paused the recording a couple of minutes ago while we moan about social distancing. Yes, because you know what? I'm so tired of it. I think Dude, we all are. I think we all are. Yeah. As you can tell, sometimes when I just start randomly screaming, it's my boss, okay? So, if you, if you ever just hear me just randomly go, you fucking psycho, or something, it's him. Yeah, I might suggest, I would suggest maybe dropping a piano on his head. That might shut him up for a few minutes. But knowing that, yeah. he might even survive that. Knowing him, he probably would. I like, bet you, right, you drop a piano on him, yeah? He'd be down for a couple of seconds, then he'd pop up saying, is this paid by the business? I know. Knowing my luck, it would actually like miss him and actually get someone in the office that I think is kind of cool. Yeah, and then I'd be, just be like, you'd be down the other end of the road. You'd be like, wait for it, wait for it. Now, <laughs> shit. Now you know, you know, and he's and he's extra crispy chicken today because he got his credit card statement. So we already know he's extra crispy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As some of you have realized, every single episode we end up doing a chicken noise. Forgot! Forgot! Oh man, I gotta tell this guy I work with, Nick, because we're always like crowing every time he comes around. Now I've got you two. You know what? If I'm ever in America, I might just come to your office building with a piano and start literally going like this. Forgot! <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm so crazy. You'd be like, oh, he's a guest of Ashley's. <laughs> yeah. They'd just be like, okay, so who are you here to see? I'm here to see the big boss man. And he's like, right, what do you want? <laughs> and he's like, Ashley! <laughs> Get You're this weird British kid out my building. <laughs> well, no, what's really funny is that, like, he recently had a tooth pulled that he's getting a, like a, a an implant so he can pull the one front tooth in and out and one of the other attorneys says that he just needs to get a gold tooth and forget about it <laughs> like those freaking pimps on the street i was like oh my god after the inspector gadget thing and the and the gold tooth that he would be set <laughs> wow <clears throat> okay so um like I say, ladies and gentlemen, we have actually now come to the end of um, this episode. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Um, I will just mention this really briefly. We did actually, loads of people have been asking why, why as of time of recording, a load of episodes disappeared. We're going through some issues right now, which we're not going to mention because it just ends up fucking us all over. But we, in, in return for the episodes that have disappeared, from now onwards, we're going to try and produce more episodes for you guys, for those loyal fans who genuinely love our show. 
Well, you know, we're going to produce new and fun content for you guys, and it'll be totally different than anything we've done before, and some of the past episodes that have went away, don't don't be upset because we have a lot more to come. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, this has been um, iconic. I'm not even going to start numbering these episodes now because, obviously, with the episodes that have now gone, that sort of uh, tipped us all this on our is, side. This, this is the... It's funny. I had a call today at eleven eleven. They said that's new beginnings, right? So today is our eleven eleven. It's our new beginning. Yeah. All I can say is that reckless comedy from now is going to be. I think the best way to put it is it's going to be the strongest it's ever been. And we only get stronger, and we want to review more things. So we want to hear from you as well. Is there something you want to hear about? Is there a show that you want us to review? Or if there's any content that we've already produced that you really think it's funny, just just let us know and we'll keep on keeping on. Yeah, and also if there's, for example, if there's a certain guest that you want either on the show or someone who's been on the show before and you want to hear more from them, let us know. Because um, one person that keeps getting requested is Craig Parker. Yes, we, we love Craig Parker. And I just really wanted to know if he ever got his chicken because I actually had some KFC today and it was very good. And I was thinking, hmm, if Craig Parker was here, I would share. <laughs> oh, don't set him off because he'll stop thinking, aw, someone loves me. <laughs> well, see, I, I don't live in the UK, so he'll be like, oh, Kim, somebody from your show likes me. They really like me. And it's just like, Craig, there's a reason why you're single. <laughs> oh, man, I can get him a date with a real estate agent that can actually rent an apartment as it's getting hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should definitely hit him up about that. No, you know, I, I, you know what? I wouldn't do that to him, actually. She, she's kind of crazy. <laughs> and that's Are you me saying you could get Craig a date with someone more crazier than me and you put together? Oh, indefinitely. Oh my God, I've got to see this. Someone put a hidden camera. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. When she worked at the network, she accidentally was supposed to send somebody to Athens, Greece, and she accidentally just sent them to Athens, Georgia. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then put the phones on, uh, on, uh, on night mode so she could actually practice her comedy routine. <laughs> Fucking hell. My <laughs> God. Right. We have to get her on the show, definitely. Oh, no. Hell no. You're like, oh, hell no. She oh, can hit no. the fan really okay. quick. I will, I will give you one more example, and then I will go. She literally one time, uh, we went to someone's house with her in New Jersey, and we took the bus and she bothered the bus driver so badly that they actually left us near the police station where there was not a bus stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Reckless Comedy. If you do have any suggestions for us, make sure to follow us on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, obviously, you can, you can find us all on social media. You can even follow me and Ashley's personal social medias. If you want to know them, go back to whatever episodes are available. And I'm sure you'll find them out. But yes, this has been uh, part one of the Upright Review. Uh, the second part will will come once um, Ashley has managed to watch all the other, the half, other, the other four episodes. Sundance, they need to give me all episodes, not just four. 
I think they're releasing like I think two over two days. I think it is. I think they release like two one day and then two another day. So you never know. We might get the second part of the review out pretty soon by December. Fingers crossed. Not that long. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Reckless Comedy, and the way we're going to finish this episode, as we've done in the past, just a little nod to um said boss in this episode is uh <laughs> guys we'll see you all this in the next tribute, episode tribute to the chicken this episode is sponsored by anchor anchor is the easiest way to create distribute post and monetize your podcast and what's better it's a hundred percent free so head on over to anchor.fm today like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by following us on Twitter. Our handle is at reckless underscore comedy. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So we thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Ready for this song? Ready for this song? Ready for this song?